Hey guys, welcome to this very special New Year's edition of, uh, well, it used to be Talking Cars, but we are rebranding, aren't we, Nathan? Yes, we are going to have a brand new name, Talking Nathan. No, we're not doing Talking Nathan. Damn Nathan. It. We're doing Car Chat. That's right. And so you may be wondering, why is our truck guy, Andre, on the car chat? On, a, on the New Year's car chat show. That's because it's New Year's, and so we're giving you a present. We would have put a bow on his head, but he said no. Mm. No, that's not because we're giving you a present, even though Andre is, uh, you know, a big present in his own right. No, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to be doing 20, Nathan, 20 predictions for the new year. And we got together as a team and came up with 20 predictions, but a lot of them were truck-based. So that's why I'm here. That's yes. why yeah. the managing editor of TFL Truck is here, because some of these predictions are based around what's going to happen with trucks. So shall we get right into it? Yes, and the first one is about Brittany. It's not about Brittany. Oh, I'm Give so me that. Sorry. <laughs> well, what's your prediction about Brittany? More <laughs> knife dancing? No, no, she's going to work with us. <laughs> oh, Brittany. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, she's not Don't you guys want? Okay. No, no, no. Brittany, is she a car gal? I don't think so. I don't think he's a She had a Bentley. I remember that picture. Yeah, well, that's, that, that's kind of the Hollywood. You know uh, what I mean? That's yeah. like, you got to get the name brand. I, I'm not familiar, so. All right, but, well, let's just go to the predictions. Okay. We're better at that than doing chit chat about Britney Spears. <laughs> All right, number one, this is my uh, prediction, and this is pretty obvious. Uh -huh. uh, but 2024, gentlemen, will be the year of the plug in hybrid. Yeah, if you guys have been paying attention to the news, you may have noticed that. EV sales, while they're still up, they are not as high as predicted. <laughs> Speaking of predictions. And one of the reasons why is that an awful lot of people do still suffer from uh, range anxiety. So if you have a plug-in hybrid, you're taking care of that. And plug-in hybrids are way more efficient than they used to be. And there are more of them than ever. And there's more coming. Yeah, so let's just be very... Um very basic about this, okay? So there are basically, basic, basically, uh, three kinds of vehicles, right? There are gasoline-powered vehicles, right? There are hybrids, yes. and then there are plug-in hybrids and diesels. Well, okay, gasoline and diesels. Come on, we'll get okay. to truck. Okay, this okay. it's gonna after. be all right. Just sit okay. down. Okay. <laughs> and so you know, hybrids have been around a long time. Yeah. Toyota and Honda introduced them way back what, twenty years ago. More than 20 with, years with ago, the, yeah. With the Insight and, of course, the original Prius, mm -hmm. uh, seamlessly taking the battery and the internal combustion engine and combining them so that sometimes the car runs on gas, sometimes it runs on battery, sometimes right. it runs on both. But now we've got this new kind of vehicle, the plug-in hybrid, where you could plug it in. It's got a relatively big battery, let's say anywhere from 15 to 25 kilowatt hours. Even 30 in some cases. Yeah, and then you can get anywhere from, let's say, on the low end, maybe 20 miles of range, of all electric range, to the high end of maybe 40 or 45. Yes. But you guys are talking about cars right now, because, because I think the plug-in hybrid trend that we're predicting right now is car-based or SUV-based, right? Yes, yes, but there is a RAM uh, that's coming soon. Yes, well, we'll discuss that in a bit. Well, you just, but, you, but I just want to point out that I think this trend will be mostly passenger car focused. For now. Yes. Yeah, and it's, now. it's kind of like baby steps, right? If you're worried about having to go on a long road trip or if you're worried about running out of electricity on your drive to work, uh, a plug-in hybrid solves that because once you run out of electricity, it just switches to normal internal combustion and you can drive along on your merry way without having to worry about uh, plugging it in, 
because there's a gas station every corner. We've done several videos that have featured plug-in hybrids, and we know they've been around for a few years now, but they're really starting to build up in terms of the amount of vehicles and companies that are building them. And recently, well, not that recently, we did a very popular video where we took a Jeep Wrangler 4xe, which is a plug-in hybrid, one of the most popular, by the way, in the United States, and a um, Discover, no, a, a Defender, and also a Bronco. We took them off-road, and we ran the Jeep in all-electric mode. It only covered a few miles in all-electric mode. Obviously, it's going off-road, but it was effective, and it still ran like a Jeep. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. so it basically, it's a way to dip your toe into the electrified world without having to commit to the deep end. All right, number two, and this was your prediction, Nathan. Nissan will phase out almost all of its passenger cars. What? Correctamundo. That's a big prediction. It's a bold prediction. So, so you're saying Ultima, gone. Ultima, gone. Uh, Sentra, gone. We already know the Maxima's leaving. I think what Nissan will do is something very similar to Ford, where they're mostly going to be marketing Crossovers. I, I kind of misspoke. I, I should have said passenger sedans, not cars. Yeah, but it says it's the same idea, basically. Right. So basically, so, they're going to sell SUVs, crossovers, overs, and a couple sports cars, right? The Z yeah. and, and a pickup truck. And a pickup truck. We'll get to the pickup one, truck. In one, the, yeah, one, one, one. We're almost to the pickup truck. Yeah, relax, bro. We're almost uh, there. No, it's, so uh, I do believe that Nissan, it's funny because the Ultima is still selling quite well, but the tea leaves are saying that the Ultima will be phased out. Nissan is moving towards electrification. Uh, we know that, they said that, and we're expecting a new Leaf to come out and a bunch of other vehicles. But yeah, I think that a majority of their passenger cars will be phased out soon. Hmm. So they're going to go the way of Ford. Yeah, exactly. They're going the same direction Ford did. Ford technically only really builds one car, and that's the Mustang. Nissan technically would only build one car as well, and that would be the Z, and, and yeah, the GTR, but really the GTR is not really part of the conversation because... No, that, that's here in America. Yeah. Not necessarily... No, here. no, not worldwide. All right. of the well, predictions are Well, we're U.S.-based predictions here, yeah, right? Yeah, these are U.S.-based predictions, I should say, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, Europe leads the world in coffee and, you know, artisanal breads, but we kind of lead the way in cars. Are we and talking trucks. about and a trucks. baguette or a croissant? I mean, come on. <laughs> so, okay, so Europeans make much better coffee and yeah. breads, but we're, we're, you know, we big, lazy, fat Americans, right? We like we the do comfort. our thing our way. We, we like, like our to, We like room. We like to be sitting tall. Yeah. And we like to eat baguettes. In a, in a, and not in a sedan, in a crossover or SUV, because a baguette is big. Yeah, yeah. You're the uh, truck guy, and you're saying we like to eat baguettes. <laughs> All right, we're well, getting that. This is going to be a lot of trucks here, Andre. Okay. So don't worry, we're getting the trucks. All right, uh, number three. Let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, what are kind of the most uh, anticipated new cars of 2024? And then I'm going to go right to what number three is. So obviously, Cybertruck. Right now, we're in trucks. Uh, uh, Lexus is going to have the GX rolling out. They actually built them already, so those are going to be hitting the market very Tacoma soon. Tacoma has to be on that list. Tacoma has to be on that list, yes. and of course, the Land Cruiser. Yes. And when you have like four or even more super popular and super uh, desirable cars, what happens? Uh, uh, the others the follow. Market adjustments. Yeah. Both of you are wrong. We're, we're, both saying, wrong. we're, we're saying there are going to be a lot more market adjustments, unfortunately, uh, coming. And we all hate, you know, when dealers take the price of a vehicle and jack it up by either just saying we're going to charge you 10k more because it's very popular or because we're going we to put can. like a low jack on it which you don't need and then charge it you know a thousand dollars but um there's a way that you know we can stop this with national searching no just don't pay 
Just don't buy a car that's yeah. marked up beyond MSRP. Yeah. I know if you have to have the latest and greatest, just maybe cool it a little bit, because that's what happens. First of all, when people do that, a lot of them are trying to flip the car. In some cases, yeah. Right, and, and oftentimes, I'm just telling you what happened with Fisker, oftentimes those flips don't work, right? They, they, they're first on the list, they buy them, uh, and then they hope to sell, resell them. I see it a lot on Facebook, I see it a lot on Craigslist. But, you know, with the way the economy is, if that's something you're thinking about doing, you, you may be barking up the wrong tree in 2024. You may be, you know, end up owning that Tacoma or Cybertruck. And there is a very good chance that the vehicle that you're looking at or looking for locally is being sold somewhere else, perhaps in another city or another state. And, yeah, it can be a pain to go out of state to get your vehicle, but... Personally speaking, I'd be willing to do it not to give the dealership satisfaction and completely screwing you over. Yeah, because it's really regional. It yeah. can be very regional. It For example, be. Tacoma is hot in Colorado, right? but other places may not be as hot. So, yeah, Florida. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. think about it this way. They sell a quarter million Tacomas every year. Ish, yeah. And for the last, what, 10 years, they sold the same one so that, you know, multiply 250,000 by 10, and you're getting into millions of Tacomas. A lot of those guys and gals are going to want a new one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not only that, but a lot of the people who are looking at new vehicles had their old one crushed in an accident or something like that. Sure, yeah. You know, insurance companies do replace them, and then there's certain things you have to pay for. There is another vehicle, by the way, and I'm just going to add it now, wow. that is not on that list. The ID Buzz from Volkswagen. Yes. Yeah. You think the well, buzz, what's, where what's is it? What's your prediction on the ID I Buzz? I think the buzz has gone out of the buzz a little bit. <laughs> Volkswagen has taken so bloody long bringing it to the United States that I think a lot of the interest has sort of waned. And a lot of you guys who are really excited about having this hippie bus battery vehicle are now like, eh, you know, maybe there's something else out there that's less expensive. And I would agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that shocked <laughs> uh, that Volkswagen's taken so long to bring this to our market while it's already been in Europe for a good year. It's just couple not years. a couple of years, technically. Uh, so the bottom line is that it should be here in 2024, but Volkswagen is taking their own sweet time and it's not a good idea. Do you think the same rule applies to the Cybertruck? After four years of waiting, has some of the buzz gone off the Cybertruck, Andre? It, it could be. Well, the, mostly with the Cybertruck, it's, the price has gone up tremendously. Yes. So I th a lot of people I've talked to, they were okay with 50 grand or maybe 60K for a Cybertruck, but now they're looking at 75, 80, 100, 120 grand for a Cybertruck. For the foundation. Yeah, so, so I think it's kind of a price shock. And, and, and I think the Buzz will not be an inexpensive vehicle. It will be pricey I agree when, with when you. it arrives. I agree with you. Should, should we move on to the Cybertruck? Well, no, we're not there yet. Oh, not, okay. not there yet. We'll get to it. Sorry, Andre. All right, number four, um, this is one for both of you. Uh, uh, Ford, I think this is your idea. Ford will catch up with Bronco production just in time <laughs> to see Ranger roll out and slowed. <laughs> in other words, Ford's going to catch up building Broncos, but they're going to be stuck building Rangers because they're built on the same chassis. And at the same factory. At the same factory. At the same factory. It's a different so chassis. So all of you guys waiting and gals waiting for your Ranger uh, might have to wait a little bit longer because we know that's also been delayed already. Yeah, the Ranger has been delayed. Yeah. I mean, we should have already driven the new one yeah. and it should have been at dealerships now. There's been no events or anything. But, but yes, but uh, unfortunately the factory was shut down due to strikes. Yep. There was at least, what, six or seven weeks it was down. Right. So that's a big deal. Yep. And, you know, they are built in the same factory. Bear in mind, uh, they are different platforms. You know, one's shorter than the other. But the bottom line is that uh, now that you guys want the new Ranger, well, they got to catch up to that production of those Broncos. So my prediction is Bronco production will finally get caught up. 
and Ford Ranger production will be super slow. You're welcome. Yes, but do you think there's still buzz about the Bronco, or is it still hot? I mean, it was hotness for a long time. I think it's, it's still kind of hot to the Ford fans out there, but I don't think, I honestly don't think that it's anywhere near what it could have been because so many people were left holding a ticket for a vehicle they couldn't own. All right, well, let's just skip, I'm going to skip to number 13 because this kind of goes whoa, along whoa. with what we're talking about, and that is uh, special off-road vehicle versions will continue to be hot. In other words, oh, hell yeah. we've seen just a huge rush toward manufacturers building and creating everything from, you know, small crossovers like the Bronco Sport, mm -hmm. the big SUVs like the Bronco, to all sorts of different versions of their latest truck having not one, not two, but maybe even three off-road versions. And I think that trend will just continue to go. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, you just saw, you and Tommy saw the new Tahoe Z71. Yep. I mean, the trend continues. They're separating it from other Tahoes, right? They're making it a little bit more functional, a little bit more butch. They're putting a diesel engine into it, the three liter Duramax. So yeah, plus we just recently tested what, the AEV 84X. Right. We had the Bison. We, the Ranger Raptor is supposed to come. Huge off-road capability. And we've seen a, a teasing of other vehicles from SEMA that most likely will happen, including from Ford and their version, which basically is like an AEV version of their Ford Ranger. Yeah, we, they're teamed up with ARB, actually. But that's ARB, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of three-letter acronyms <laughs> flying, flying around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a juggle uh, to figure that so, out. So the downside of that is we're blessed with, in America, having a lot of public off-road land. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, like... Moab is starting to close trails right now because there's just a lot of pressure on at least the very popular areas like Johnson Valley, Moab, because all these people now are buying these. And I love it. You know, if you're going to buy an off-road car or truck, take it off-road. Yeah. But that also means that there's a lot of people out there, including the side-by-sides. That's a whole other conversation. Oh. But there's a lot more people tearing up, you know, the, the, the trails that used to maybe have, let's say, 50, 100, 200 vehicles a day now have 500 vehicles it's, a day. And that, 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 that's leading to a lot of, lot of, lot of conflict in these small Well, it's not just that. It's the BLM has been really open about this, saying that you guys are going off trail. When you go off trail and you're destroying things that are even a couple feet off trail, that's one of the reasons why they do close them down. And they were, they've been direct with us ever since we started going to Easter Jeep Safari. They would come out with a representative saying, this is what you got to do. And if you don't do it, we're going to have to close these trails. And then everybody's been warned. So people who rent these vehicles, people who buy vehicles who just don't understand that they have to stay the course and stay on, you know, the particular path. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Those are the guys who are screwing well, it up well, for everybody else. Well, you else. know, it's hot. I was just watching a Top Gear video where they, like, discovered jeeping in Moab. And I was like, where have you guys been? Uh, <laughs> for the last 45 years. I know. Come on. And, and you know when, like, Top Gear, the magazine, has discovered it, that it's becoming kind of part of the mainstream bloodstream. They're going to start parachuting in people. Just, just uh, The good news is that it's... It, during Easter Jeep and during the springtime, that's when everything's loaded. But year-round, there's still plenty of places that you can go in Moab without a million people there. But just do us a favor and stick to the trails. Uh, all right, I'm going to skip around again. Andre, speaking of the Ranger, you're predicting that there will be a Ranger PHAV uh, debut. So you're saying that there's going to be a plug-in Ranger, you think? So there's a two-sided thing here, okay. right? So in Australia, which who leads Ranger announcements, right? Yeah. That's where they developed the Ford Ranger. You know, the Raptor came out of Australia as well. And that region, they just showed a plug-in hybrid Ranger mm -hmm. for Australia. And they did not talk about US in any way, shape or form. Right. But it's the same chassis, right? It's the Ranger that we will be getting. So I think they might unveil it for the US, but we won't see it in 2024. It will be unveiled, but it will come later. That does make sense. And bear in mind that if Ford does do this, if we do see a Ranger PHEV, it'll be the first American pickup plug-in hybrid. And we've been talking about this for a while, haven't we? Yeah, because the only other horse in this race is potentially Jeep with their Gladiator plug-in hybrid. We've been talking about that we, for three years and nothing. The 4 by The 4 right. by but it doesn't exist. Right. But there was a little bit of glimpse of news because during the strike, the UAW documents unveiled that they're still planning the plug-in hybrid Gladiator. Right. So everybody keeps talking about Tacoma is the class leader in the midsize segment, and everybody wants to catch up to Tacoma. Right. How do you do it? Introduce new product. Right. right? Something that they don't build, basically. Exactly. Right. So we'll have to wait and see. All right. Let's keep on the Ranger theme, and I predict that the Ranger... Raptor will be the hottest truck of 2024. And the reason I say that is, uh, you know, once upon a time, the regular Raptor, the TRX, uh, the Hummer EV, these were the, Halo, know, the, vehicles. the Halo vehicles, the superstars of the trucking world. But I think people and truck buyers specifically are so sick and tired of these, in their words, overpriced trucks. Well, they're now six digits. Yeah. yeah they're the $100,000 vehicles now. That, that, it, that it's become unobtainium for most people to get anywhere near a Ranger, um, not a Ranger, a Raptor Raptor, or a TRX. So the Ranger Raptor uh, will be the hot truck. Maybe, maybe the Tacoma TRD Pro, but that's been around, uh, and it's also very expensive. So I'm guessing the Ranger Raptor will be the, the, the it truck of 2024. I would agree if they can build enough of these. <laughs> I agree. So $55,000 starting price on the Ranger Raptor. Yeah. A 400 horsepower. Yep. Box shocks, live, 33s. What's not to love? It's, Except for it's... the fact that it might be delayed until 2026. Oh. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, as, as awesome as it's going to be, they have to, they're not going to sell as many of those as they are going to sell their mid level trucks. And that's the one that we're going to see first, I believe. All right.
Here's the next prediction. Once again, truck world. Okay. All right, so you know that there's a new Tacoma. There's kind of a new Colorado. There's going to be a new Ranger. Mm -hmm. So to fight that, this is my prediction, uh, Nissan will unveil uh, the Frontier Warrior concept and never build it. And never build it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just like they do with the Titan. So they'll, they'll put one foot in, and then they'll take one foot out. Now, they have introduced and produced a few interesting concepts like that. And, uh, that and warrior models in other countries. Yes, of course. But yeah. I'm talking about here in, in our market. Yeah. So I think Roman is onto something there. But in addition, they did introduce that uh, kind of that 1980s version of their... Hard body. Yeah, the hard body. That yes. was it. And they did actually, you know, make that available. And now it's available. Yeah, you right. can actually buy those classic wheels and cool graphics and all of that stuff. But that's very little. The Warrior is a whole different thing. We're talking suspension. Basically, we're talking about the equivalent of the Ford Ranger Raptor yes. in a Nissan yes. form. Why don't Nissan, why don't you do this? Nissan's going to respond right through that camera because Nissan, it's please. expensive. But we're, we're looking at off-roading. Well, we they, asked for this with the Titan, they, and they, they said no. Didn't they save a lot of money by stopping production of the Titan? Can't they put that money into, you know, like doing different think, versions? I think there's a big black hole where the Titan used to be. It's, it, well, it, well, it's not a really a black hole. They're retooling that factory for electrification. That's they're gonna the build a, They're going to build electric vehicles there. Yes, I know, and that's the black hole. Because but, production stops, and then you do higher investment. You've already lost money on the pickup truck. Yes. Now... You're building a factory for electric vehicles. More money goes into it. Yeah. So are they going to be building a really cool version of the Frontier to compete with all these other vehicles? They should. He's right. But they won't. All right. Let's uh, stay on trucks, Andre. Okay. Um, my prediction is that, um, well, let's start with this. Mr. Musk has said that he'd like to see about a, mil about a quarter million or so, maybe 200,000 cyber trucks built per year. I'm going to say they're, yeah. they're, they're not going to deliver more than 10,000 units next year. I think 10,000? 10, that's 10, what you're saying? I think they're going to build, give or take, 10,000. I think I'm, I'm on solid ground with that uh, because, of course, it's been delayed for four years. Uh, as far as I can tell, this year they rolled out those 10 hand-built you know, delivery trucks, and now they're slowly starting to kind of build the production trucks. All the news I'm reading is that he was right about this being production hell. This is a hard, stainless steel is a hard material to work with. So I'll be surprised if they crank up more than 10K in 2024. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they, they get their production in, you know, in order, dot so, their I's, cross their T's, and start cranking those out. But uh, I'm not so, sure. So best we know. Also, they have battery issues. They can't build enough batteries. Mm. But they are building them here. They right? are building so, them And here. it's their own design, yes. which is really important, but it I think. qualify for the most part because the first... They're saying at first 1000 are going to be foundation, which are 100000 to $120,000 trucks. Which is not the price level, right? It, yeah, it might, be actually, it might be more because, you know, they're just going down the list, right? They're, yeah. they're going down to person number one saying, you want a foundation, number two. And, and as far as I can tell, they've gone pretty far down that list. Well, because people, we get your email. We get your email. So, so yeah. I figure they're down at least to 6000 in terms of the, the order asking people. And a lot of people are just saying, hey, I, I, I was in for this truck at thirty nine k. I'll probably still be in at 60K, but at 120, I'm, I'm walking away. Out. Yeah, I'm tapping out of this. Yeah. So they had a lot of reservations, but these were $100 reservations, right? Yep. So it's kind of easy for a lot of people to make those reservations. Sure. And now I, we, I, I see a lot of people walking away, like you said. Like we get a lot of emails. We're working with one friend of the show, Carl, on a Cybertruck that we would like to purchase for testing. 
but we haven't heard anything. Yeah, thank you everybody who emailed yeah. us and sent us, you know, their uh, reservations. So we're, you know, working on getting one, but um, haven't heard anything. You know, we'll see. I think. And it's uh, been what, what, two and a half weeks now? Three, but, almost but three people, weeks. People are taking delivery of them slowly. There, there's a handful of videos now coming out where people have gotten them. A lot of them are in Texas, obviously, where they build them in Austin. Yeah. Probably easier to deliver them there, I would guess. Uh, all right, let's go to another uh, Tesla prediction. Uh, this is a car one. Um, you know, the Model 3 Highland uh, has rolled out in China and has rolled out in Europe. I don't think it's much of a stretch to say it's going to roll out next year in America. So a refreshed Tesla would say new Model 3. I might go as far as to say Model Y as well. Maybe. And do you think there'll be a baby Model 3? Do you think that's coming, guys? Well, they're not going to call it that. And they no, must insist that he's not going to call it the Model 2. So some sort of smaller, less expensive version of Tesla, he swears, is coming out soon. Well, what's he missing? Sexy cars. So we've got the S. So <laughs> Model C. The 3, the X, the Y. So he needs a Model C. Yeah, or E. M Model E, yeah. Sexy, right? That's he's trying to follow. Well, well, well that was cars. Model 3. Oh, that's yeah, three backwards. Right three yeah. backwards. Yeah, three backwards. Yeah. So he needs. What'd you say? He needs C. A C. Yeah. So model, so model, model C. C. Model C. Yeah. Well, so Musk uh, had an interview recently when he was unveiling the Cybertruck, uh -huh. and he said, "I cannot." Actually, he showed restraint. He didn't say, "Go after yourself." No, no, no. He said, "He said um, something new is coming. I cannot tell you what yet, but it will be revolutionary once again." That I'm basically paraphrasing him, but. Of course, big statement, yeah. but he wasn't too specific not to affect the price of his stock, That's, which is important. Uh, he's thinking ahead. That's I'll give him credit for that. We'll see what happens. I, I, I know eventually they will be building a less expensive Tesla. He has to if he wants to keep competing because finally we're starting to see prices come down in the EV segments that are out there progressively. But, yes, and Tesla is pushing with the Highland car, guys. They're pushing some stuff that I hate. They're removing blinker stocks. Oh, I hate that. They're removing transmission stocks. What What is the deal with that? Yeah, I don't like any of that either. I, I hope they don't do that I, in I our think, market. I think we've gotten to the point now where if a car maker wanted to just build a very simple car <laughs> with like real buttons <laughs> and real gear levers, yeah. you know, and maybe like a mount for a, a, a either a phone or, you know what I mean, or, or a tablet that, that would then serve as, you know, your navigation, uh, and your entertainment, I think that they would do well. I think I, I am personally sick and tired of everything being in the screen. I find it to be um, uh, very hard to use when you're actually driving. Uh, very uh, it takes dangerous. Yeah, it takes your eyes and off distracting. Too. And distracting. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, the auto manufacturers are doing that because uh, it's cheaper, right? One less button. You save a few. One pennies. less dial. Uh, one less yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would just love to see a car with traditional gauges, right? Maybe a tachometer, a speedometer, and then some buttons for HVAC. Something very simple. I think people would, would uh, actually appreciate that and would feel like, um, you know, they're, they're getting value for their money. Now, obviously, uh, it's hard to find a car under $20,000 now. Yeah, there's only a few. But speaking of that, um, I think we're going to really start to see uh, the TV, the EV, um, used EV tax credit go into kind of full gear next year. So when Congress passed the latest legislation, they also passed a part of that that if, uh, uh, it's pretty complicated, but basically if the car is two years or older and sold through a dealership, you could qualify for up to $4,000 of, of uh, federal tax credit. Uh, and I think that's gonna help people who want uh, an EV but can't afford a new one. It's also gonna help dealers. 
And I think it's also going to help people who own EVs and want to train them because that car will, in essence, have $4,000 more worth of value to a dealer because that money could come off on the other end. Up to. Now, there's a lot of caveats here. First of all, uh, battery size does matter. Year does matter. So you have to take all of those things. You think size matters? Size matters, my friend. In addition, uh, for those of you who are curious about used EVs, you can get some discounts through local power companies. You can actually, there are quite a few through, uh, that are smaller discounts that you can get. Just simply go online and look it up. I was able to get a couple thousand dollars worth of discounts with my daughter's used EV a few years ago. So now with this in addition, you can get some really good savings. Remember though, tax credits are not the same thing as getting cash in your pocket. And I'm a used uh, EV owner. Yes, you are. My wife has the BMW i3 Rex that we used to have at TFL. Right. Uh, we bought it. And I'm a little nervous. The car is getting older, right? The car is now 10 years old. Right. It's still actually not showing a lot of signs of aging. So the range that my wife used to have, she still basically has. Um, Which is like 50 miles, right? Well, it's 72 miles on okay. a good day. Dude. Uh, 50 miles in the winter, yeah. you know, when she's running the heat, the, the heater. But we st it's still consistent, right? It's not degrading a lot. Mm -hmm. But I am a little bit, you know, worried if another year or two goes by, will my car be useless or worthless? Like, well, will it well, lose well, its value? Why aren't you buying your wife a Lucid? What the hell? <laughs> Buy the Lucid now. Yeah, they're, they're cheap. You can't yeah, spend for like 80000 yeah. Yeah, easily. Yeah, they, Come they, on. They, they, the price down. All right, that goes into I'll try that. number six <laughs> prediction right here, and that is, uh, bolt production will be rushed back in. Out of all the electric cars that are out there, the one that's been it's successful, hysterical. the one that's been affordable, and affordable, and the one that's been really good is the Bolt, right? All the other ones, you know, the Blazer EV had to have a stop sale on it because of, uh, you know, charging issues, technical yeah. gremlins, and yet the one that, that keeps soldiering on is the Chevy Bolt, and that's the one they're killing. So. Our prediction is that they're going to bring it back quickly. Well, we know they're bringing it back. That, that's, that's not a prediction. That we well know. However, I think they're going to rush production to bring it back because Chevrolet, well, General Motors has had an issue with their Ultium battery packs and also their electronics, even in their pickup trucks. Strange, right? Um, and because of that, I think that they're going to push the Bolt back into production, their new version of it, as soon as possible, which will hopefully maintain its very good price tag and hopefully good range. And we had one, and honestly, it was one of the surprises of the year. Honestly, it was that I, good. I love driving it. It was an excellent yes. little car. Yeah, yeah. and the only, only Achilles heel was its 50 kilowatt charging. Which is really 49. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it charges so, remarkably slow. So it's not a road tripper. No, yeah, really. Yeah. We've met a road guy road tripping. Remember when we drove the lightning back to Detroit? We met a guy road tripping. He yes. was 20 when he started, and he yeah. was about 40 when he yeah, was finished. And, and he said his wife wanted to road trip it, and he was spending a lot of time walking At around. At Walmart. <laughs> yeah, walking around. <laughs> he spent a couple hours there, yes, taking a. But it is still a very good commuter car, and we've always recommended it, especially now. So, so. so let's talk about the elephant in the room for a second mm -hmm. before we get back to our predictions, right? So a lot of you out there, we read your comments yep. all the time. A lot of you out there you know, say things like electric cars are junk, electric cars are mm -hmm. bad. And there's been a lot of stories recently uh, that have kind of gone to the heart of that, right? Ford has recently said that they're going to lower production of the Lightning uh, from, uh, I think, by half, by half, by yeah. half yep. right? Um, um, there are also you know, stories out there saying that there are Lightnings and that there are... Um, uh, Mustang Mach 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 Mach
Uh, and so that kind of feeds into this narrative that the EV, you know, is just a fad, that it's just a toy for people who want to who want a virtue signal, right? Any, anything you want to say right. that, that makes you hate the EV. The, the problem with that is that last year, you know, in America, over a million electric, this year, I'm sorry, this year, I'm already thinking it's, we're time traveling. In 2023. In 23, over a million electrified vehicles were sold. In the U.S.? In the U.S. Yep. You know, which is an astounding number. So how can you have these two facts? How can you have one fact that says, you know, EV production and EV companies are slowing down on the other one. We're selling more EVs or electrified vehicles than ever. How do, how do those two coexist? In Korean manufacturers. That's right, my friend. That's where I was going with this. <laughs> uh, some companies have managed to find that element that works, which is instead of putting all their eggs in one basket, they're going to spread them around. And we've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, which is that Hyundai and Kia have managed to have they have plug-in hybrids, they have hybrids, they have regular they're giving, gas giving vehicles. Giving the customers choice. Is that they're giving saying? the customers choice. And, and passenger cars too. Exactly, and, and they're still building passenger cars. In addition, they have very good electric vehicles. They're building a brand new multi-billion-dollar electric plant. They're building up, and other companies are doing that as well. The thing is, some companies really rushed, and, and Ford is a very good example of that because the Lightning was really pushed into production very quickly because of the Cybertruck, we feel. And doing that, I think that they may have cut a few corners that they perhaps shouldn't have. It's still a damn good truck. It's just not meant for towing, really. But in general, if you're looking at what's happening in the near future, sales are up, and it's soon going to be 10% uh, sales I predict next year, so, 10%. So, so I would say in some ways it's actually um, pretty um, astounding that we've actually managed to sell as many, or we customers, bought, I shouldn't say, we customers bought as many electrified vehicles as they did, mm -hmm. given all of the headwind, right? First of all, the vehicles have been incredibly delayed. You yep. look at GM, you could look at uh, Tesla with the Cybertruck. They have been overpriced in many they ways. Have, they have That's part of it. Incredibly yeah. overpriced, even with the government subsidies. And the one epiphany I had was, remember there was a little store just around the corner from us called Green Eye Motors? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Remember that? And then yeah. they, they kind of expanded maybe too fast and eventually had to close down. Yep. But what the cool thing about Green Eye Motors was they specialized in selling, for the most part, electric vehicles. Yep. And you go in there, and we did, and you feel like these people understand us, right? It's amazing how hateful most dealerships are toward EVs. I'm surprised that like the major companies are selling any EVs or electrified vehicles because you walk or even like, knowledgeable companies. Yeah, you walk into like a Ford or a Chevy dealership, or you know, and and they're like, uh, yeah, there's a couple dusty old. Yeah, they'll roll their eyes at you. Actually, you brought up something very interesting because just recently in the news, Buick. They, half of the Buick salespeople yeah, out there, they said, no, they don't want to sell uh, electrified vehicles. As such, General Motors had to buy those dealerships out. So there's a lot Same of thing hatred. Same with Ford, yeah. The, yep. And, and the, the reason for that, obviously, there's a lot of reasons, but the main reason is that dealerships make a lot of their money on maintenance. And electric vehicles, for the most part, don't have many moving parts, so they don't have a lot of maintenance, right? You don't need to change brake pads. You don't need to change belts. Fluids, you know, plugs, plugs, or any of any that. Any of that, right? So all that money that they make on returning customers goes away. Yep. And so I think it's financial. But I also think there's kind of a deep-down uh, fear of change. Yeah, that is part of it. But, but I think it's also regional, right? Because here in near Denver, we're kind of living on the border between really an urban center and also just rural areas, right? Yeah. Farmlands that stretch out. So I think there's also kind of a regional thing happening where, of course, if you're driving long distances between farms, 
you may not want an electric vehicle, right? Yeah, of course. But if you're commuting in Denver, you probably really have to because your vehicle needs to be smaller, more efficient. And, and perhaps, so we're living on this border kind of. I, I would agree. There's more to it. And perhaps that. the biggest strategy is that electric vehicles of any kind become politicized. Yeah. But now it's like everything in America, right? If you drive an electric vehicle, you're on one team. If you if you drive a diesel, you're on the other team, and the two teams, you know, can't ever like understand that maybe you know one vehicle suits one team better than the other vehicle suits the other team you see what i'm saying like, uh, yes and i officially hate both both teams which <laughs> makes me you know awesome but here's an important point that, that we've made before which is you don't necessarily have to give everything up you can have a commuter if you do live in the city of an electric vehicle and then have either a plug-in hybrid or a hybrid or a regular gas vehicle as your long distance one and split the difference the cool thing as you mentioned about electric vehicles very little cost when it comes to maintenance, and you do save in the long run. You know, right now, Hyundai wants to charge me $350 to do this, like, special maintenance thing where I have to blow out, you know, like, uh, the, the fuel the injectors. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, and, and, but it's a fluid thing, and it's all this other stuff, and it's just like... No. That's crap. Yeah. I, why? Yeah. Do what's Brand in, new car. Do, what, do what's in the main manual. I'll do what's in the manual, of yeah. course, but, but the, here's, that's the point of it. You can't do that with electric cars. Right, I'm going to try to be reasonable here for a second, so feel free to blame me at this point. Hit him. Okay, all right. Look, if you're in the city and you're driving, let's say, an electric vehicle, and you, you, you're burning with hatred for all those guys and gals in the country who are driving big old you know, diesel pickup trucks, you know, keep in mind that those people probably use those for work. They need those vehicles. And they could put food on, food on your table. But, yeah. yeah. They, they tell. But if you're in the country and you see those New Yorkers or Chicagoans or LAans driving electric vehicles, you know, the same way. They're using those vehicles for what is best for them. You know, commuting in a very big city where electric prices are very high. So, so you know, let's try to walk a mile in each other's shoes before we start, like, you know, you know, throwing punches. My philosophy is that everybody on the road is a putz but me, so that okay, works right, well, the best way. My way works. All right, let's keep going on with keep the predictions, going. guys. Um, we're going to go this one, once again, keeping in this theme. A Chevy will introduce the Camaro as an EV crossover. Whoa. Not as an EV sports car, but an EV crossover, kind of following in Ford's footsteps. I hope it's not when true. we wrote this down, I was crying and angry at the same time because automakers, General Motors and Ford, tend to bring back vehicles' names and make them into something that perhaps we didn't want. For instance, I don't mind calling the Ford vehicle a Mustang. Unless it's the Mach-E, because that's not a Mustang. It's, it's a crossover electric vehicle. Same thing here. Camaro, I have a feeling, is going to be reintroduced as an electric vehicle. Bad idea. With four doors that is considered a crossover or, worse, Corvette. That's another news that's flying around, that Corvette will become its own yeah, brand. I can't... What happened with that? That was like four years ago. They still haven't done anything but build the Evet. Because everybody is falling behind. E -ray. Yeah. <laughs> well, so... So, answer me this. Is the Mach-E Mustang successful? I mean, it had yeah, a good it's, start. It's pretty successful. Really it's good a start. good car. Don't yes. get me wrong. I think it's a very good EV. Um, it's, it had some growing pains, yeah, right? Yeah, there were some issues. I still resent yeah. the fact that they called it a Mustang Mustang. See, I don't like it. The, I don't like I, I'm that. fine with Mach-E. But it, just Mustang, you see the prancing horse on there. I don't know. I know that I've made a big deal about it, and you guys have yelled at me before. How dare you? My God. It's just... No, you know what? It's just my own personal thing. I've owned two Mustangs. And... So for me, Mustang is a sports coupe. Engine in the front, rear drive, 
Very little room for human beings inside, which is awesome because it is a sporty car. And now you're making it into this family thing and you're trying to give everybody what they want at the same time. I just, I have an issue with that. So that's my own personal thing. So if Chevrolet goes and builds a, it's, it's hard to even say, Camaro SUV that's electric, man, that's just going to hurt. Am I right? I'm, I'm just sad that the Camaro nameplate has moved away. So they yeah. finished production on the V8 and, you know, V6 and turbocharged cars. Right. Also, the other one that's going away is the Challenger. And yeah. that's our next thing on our list. Yeah. Uh, that's also going away. So yeah. the Mustang currently is the, is the only GT, Mustang GT, is the only sporty traditional coupe car yeah. that's left so, right now. So the head-scratcher, of course, is that Chrysler is down to one car at the end of 2023. Which yeah, is the Pacifica. Pacifica. Right. Uh, Dodge. They've got two. <laughs> Durango. Yeah. And, and Hornet. Hornet. That's right. That's it, which is not enough to keep a brand alive. No, really, it, it's It doesn't not. work. But so our prediction is uh, that the Hurricane, which is now in the Grand Wagoneer, the V6 twin turbo will actually... No, no, it's the straight six. Straight six, straight six sorry. Straight six uh, twin turbo. Twin or single turbo? Yeah, twin, twin, twin turbo. Will appear in the upcoming Charger Challengers. We, we know they're supposed to be electrified, but we figure... Uh, the last company that can, you know, waltz into the electrified world is Dodge. They're going to have to have uh, a truck. Well, there's actually some evidence behind this, and that is that there were some pictures floating around on the Internet showing the shell of the new and up possibly showing the shell of the new Challenger. Right. And you could clearly see that there was a transmission tunnel in there. So it's entirely possible that they'll be doing multiple different types of underpinnings for that vehicle, which, if you look at the STLA platforms, jives with what they're building as well. So it's entirely possible. So let's stick with Stellantis because we have a bunch of predictions. Yeah, lots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. lots of predictions with Stellantis. If they're still around. If, okay. We'll oh, wow. That. We'll get that in the end. Our first prediction with Stellantis is that uh, Jeep will bring the Grand Wagoneer back into the fold. In other words, right now there's no Jeep label or badge on a Grand Wagoneer. Well, or, there's little ones <laughs> all over the damn thing. But they don't say Jeep. Yeah, they do. The little things, there's just parts that say Jeep on them. Oh, yeah, you mean well, like the parts. Components. Components, but no, no like a yeah, relay or yeah, something. Or even on their headlights, yeah, there's a little spot. But no, like, real badges. Yeah, no that badges. That's so it. we're like, just just make it a Jeep. So <laughs> I remember, don't make it its own brand. It's not working. It's, it's not just a terrible idea to yeah. do that. So so I went on the, uh, one of the first drives I of the did. Grand Wagoneer Wagoneer. They, uh, I got scolded for calling it a Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Yeah. And I'm like, where, I go to Jeep.com to configure it. I go to a Jeep dealership to buy it. Right. Why is it not a Jeep if I do those things? And it's as if they're basically trying to create a new brand with the Wagoneer okay. and the Grand Wagoneer. And I think the other issue, it's not selling great. Yeah. It's not doing that well. Well, because yeah. you have four so, cars that live in the same space, give or take, right? The Jeep Grand Cherokee, the right. Grand Cherokee L, right. the Wagoneer, and the Grand Wagoneer. I mean, there's a big price difference between them, but in essence, they're kind of in the same They serve world. a similar community. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like the idea of the Grand Wagoneer, Wagoneer because it's a frame-based, yeah. full-size, three-row SUV, traditional Americana. There's some right? RAM in there, but I'm afraid. Uh, they, they're challenging Suburban. They, you know, they want to step up. But I'm having trouble with styling. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it was started with V8s. Now it's going to twin turbo, yeah. straight sixes. Um, I just, maybe they need a refresh or a redesign well, and a rebrand. What we're looking at is that they, I think that, and I agree with Roman, that they'll be coming back to the fold and they will brand it as a cheap, which would be a lot smarter. Do you know why Stellantis 
Ecoute. Listen, okay? So here's what you need to think about. Where is your biggest brand source? Jeep. Jeep is worldwide known. Jeep is popular. Wagoneer, not so much. Bring it back to Jeep, you'll sell more of them. Just call it a damn Jeep well, the, Wagoneer. The, the problem that they ran into is they're competing with like Range Rover, and it's hard to sell a $120,000 uh, vehicle next to a Renegade. That's the issue I think that they were struggling with. Well, By the way, Renegade is discontinued. <laughs> yeah, the Renegade's gone, who cares? All right, there you go. <laughs> yeah, the Renegade is now is leaving, so is the Cherokee. All that will be left on their smaller, affordable end is going to be the Compass. If that still Before remains. Before we get to the next uh, Stellantis prediction, let's talk about Stellantis. You know, when Stellantis was formed from the uh, FCA, obviously, partnership, which was formed from the, <laughs> you know, the Chrysler, you know, Fiat, Daimler, Daimler, anyway, I had a lot of reservations and misgivings because Stellantis, you know, is a French company, or at least Peugeot, that kind of owns, is a French company, and mm. I always feel like French have never understood America. Their approach to cars is very different than ours, and I think we're seeing that play through. The CEO is known for cost-cutting, and now you've got brands that have nothing in the pipeline, as far as we can tell. Fiat, yeah, that's, well, Fiat has almost nothing. They're going to have an ele one electric car coming soon. Yeah, but that's my worry. You know, they showed, you know, finishing in Brampton, Ontario, the last 300C rolling off Chrysler, uh, the last Challenger rolling off. But nothing new is rolling up. Yep. Where, where's the new stuff? And, and a lot of the people that made these brands so successful have left, which is also not a good sign. Mark Allen, who obviously was the chief designer for Jeep and yeah. kind of kept the DNA of the brand from being you know, splintered and being used to sell everything else besides Jeeps, he's gone now. Uh, our friend Jim Morrison has kind of moved into a different position, who is you know, the, the North American CEO. Uh, so I just, I, just, I just don't see a lot of new products, and new products are the lifeblood of any car company. I mean, you saw it with Nissan, right? Right. With Carlos. You know, Carlos saved the company, but he did it for the, in, 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 the price of it was the future of Nissan. Right now, Nissan has a GTR. How old is the freaking GTR? I it's think it's a, like 15 years old. Yeah. It's nearly 15 years old. Yeah, yeah, it's really you ancient. Know, you know, Godzilla was the Godzilla of the world 15 years ago. <laughs> now, now a Tesla Model 3 will, will kill it. Yeah. It, it, Performance. It, Brand recognition is extremely important. If you're looking at the profits right now, it's Ram and it's Jeep. Those are the two profiting components of Stellantis. Overseas, yes, of course, they're selling Peugeots, but the question and Fiat, is, and Fiat, yeah. yes, overseas. The question is, the American market, you guys out there, do you really want a Hornet as the representation of Dodge? No, you want a sports car or you want a muscle car or something like that. They're promising a muscle car EV, whereas it? it's not. Anywhere to be found. So one of my predictions that I'm hoping for is that the Chrysler 300 will return as an EV. You don't, you don't need the arrow. Just bring back the, the 300 has, you know, a mixed reputation on quality, but it certainly has kind of the most Americana uh, reputation of all of the cars, right? It's born in Detroit. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's a, a classic American it's big kind of, shoulder. It's kind of squared off, yeah, right? So, so make that into an EV as opposed to, you know, what Tesla has done, which is make everything very sleek and modern and, and make it, you know, old fashioned or at least at least hark back to you know, retro style, retro style. Yeah, a, a retro EV. All right, Andre, what? I have RHO Ram here. What the heck is this? What, uh, they haven't prediction? said that. They haven't they haven't explained what RHO means. So what's your prediction? So, yeah. So the TRX 
is gone now okay. mm -hmm. because they have announced that the Hemi Hellcat powered is dead. Uh, the, the V8 engine is dead. Yeah. Right. Also, Ram is removing the Hemi 5.7 liter V8 from their lineup entirely okay. uh, because they're going to the Pentastar and also the Hurricane straight six turbocharged power in the Ram. But they announced the RHO. And I asked them specifically, can you decode that for me? What does RHO stand for? And they say, stay tuned to third quarter of this year, 2024. So I know what it means. What? Really high output. Really, really high output. Yes, you're welcome. So I'm, I'm thinking like RAM high output. So we know okay. that CRX is going to go into a hurricane engine, right? It's going to become a... Yeah, so, so what the RHO really means is that they're going to take the TRX take out the Hellcat engine, mm -hmm. put a high output turbocharged engine inside of it, but maintain the suspension. W will it have more or less than 700 horsepower? Less. Less. Uh, I predict. If they use I the predict. current powertrain, however, that's tough, we, that's know, tough sell. we know for well, sure. That's why it has a different name. Yeah. Okay. It's not called, that, the, it's not called sure. the TRX anymore. We know that they are also building a hybrid version of the SST, which is their, yes, we do know that. They said that there, there was there they, was a provision yeah. <coughs> for that system to be hooked up with a, a hybrid. Yeah, so they said it's possible. Train. Right. But they're not telling us when or if they're doing it. But wouldn't it make sense if you took a high output and then hooked it up to a yes. hybrid powertrain, then you're suddenly well over 700 horsepower? So there's, they have a couple off-road models, right? First, the Rebel, which will be, you know, what it is now, you know, on 33s with a turbocharged engine, mm -hmm. potentially the standard output hurricane. Then the RHO, maybe it's called the Rebel High Output. Maybe. But it's going to be wide body, so they're going to maintain those... Like 30, the TRX. Yeah, 35s, Bilstein shocks. Here's, here's my issue with all what? this, right? I think you're right. I think it's going to have less than 700 horsepower. First of all, two problems. How do you go from more to less? That's never a recipe for a lot of sales. Why would you train in your TRX for something that isn't, you know, a V8. More, more lightweight. It's more lightweight. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. I'll get to your second part. So why would you trade it in? And secondly, how does that even survive in the world of 1,000 horsepower trucks like the Cybertruck and like uh, the, uh, the Rivian, right? That's 800 horsepower. And the, uh, and the Hummer truck. Mm -hmm. And the Hummer. So how, how do you sell into the headwind? Go ahead, David. Well, well, first of all, you're still selling uh, Ford F-150 uh, uh, what should we call it? Um, the Raptors? Raptors, or Tremors? Thank you. Tremors? Yeah. So if you're still able to do that, you're still able to sell internal combustion trucks that don't put out as much as electric. So forget that. Now, what's his face with the leather jacket, the head honcho? Tim Kaniscus? Right. He said... So I guess that in like two clues. TRX... Will continue. Stay tuned he is said what that. he said. He said so stay Roman, tuned. So I think this RHO is kind of a stopgap Thank measure. you. That's where I was going. And... It's really pointed at the V6 Raptor, because the V6 Raptor F-150 still exists. Yep. And this will be a six-cylinder RHO, whatever that means, to fight against the V6 yes. Raptor. And then something else will come, but we don't know what that is. That's why my guess, and I don't think it's going to be 2024 or even 2025, I think it's going to be 2026. I think that that might be the hybrid version. And which would make sense considering how much horsepower but, they have. To here's pay. one issue. Okay. The Raptor, the F-150 Raptor, has struggled with customers talking about exhaust sound. Yes. And that's why they even made a V8 Raptor. Sure. Right? So how are we going to deal with this? Removing the Hellcat engine that sounds amazing and going to six cylinders. All right. Be Large guys, speaker. Guys, before we get to our last three surprises, we've each picked a surprise in 2024. 
Uh, we've got a couple of those. Let's um, talk about this one uh, because this is kind of fits in. Chevy will be the last uh, major manufacturer to build a V8 truck. Yeah, they recently announced that they are opening up a factory just to build a V8. They're investing in the next-gen V8 engine. Are you yes. saying the Coyote with the Ford is going away? I don't think it's going away soon, but I think eventually they're going to try to get rid of it. Well, we know the Hemi is gone in the Ram, yeah. Yeah. so we know that. Uh, the V8, the 5-liter Coyote is still around because Ford, I think, is smart. And I think, I don't remember what they're selling. Like, I want to say between 5 and 10% of their volume is V8. How about, how about all the big gasser? Heavy-duty trucks, you know, 7.3. Oh. They're still building new versions oh, of those. those. They've invested into those for, for so many, those, many those years. Are gonna, those are I out. think heavy-duty trucks are going to stay the same. I think we're talking about half-tons here. Yeah. yeah. We're specifically talking smaller, you know, smaller half-ton, right. full-size trucks. Chevy will be the last one to build a V8 truck. It doesn't say half-ton. It says V8 uh, truck. Can you correct that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's, officially correct it. So so what we know is that General Motors has announced that they are building V8s. We're pretty damn sure they're not putting them in cars. Uh, they're going to be putting them into pickup trucks, which means that they'll most likely be whatever the next gen is in terms of fuel consumption. Or refresh Silverados, refresh Sierras. We think that they, yeah. it'll, it'll be, yeah. And so, at least for the interim, even though General Motors said, yeah, we're going all electric, things have changed. All right, are you ready for the surprises? Yes. All right. We, we, I, have a, I have one too. Okay, we'll, okay. we'll save yours as a bonus. Okay. okay. All right, Subaru will delight and surprise us with a new version of the Baja. Whoa. Wow, yes. Actually. There's a big group of people, huge group of people, massive group of people who want that to happen, specifically because of the Ford Maverick and the Hyundai Santa Cruz. They want something to compete against it. Now's the time, they're saying, and they want Subaru to build it. Why haven't they done it already? I think that there's a couple of things. First of all, you have to consider where it's going to be built. It has to be built here in mm. order to be affordable. Yeah, because it cannot be affected by chicken tax, right? Exactly. Now, they okay. do have a plant here where they do build their vehicles. Okay. However, that line is already congested with the vehicles that they're currently building. So in order to build that, they'd have to add another line to it. And that means that the platform would probably have to be shared with the Outback. That's my guess. Would they call it the Baja or the Brat 2.0? Brat-ha. The Brat- Brat-ha? Brat-ha. You're All right. welcome. All right, here we go. Another surprise uh, prediction. Uh, Ineos Grenadier Quartermaster. Okay, that's the pickup truck. It's just a dreadful name. I know, I know. It's a, apparently they came up with this while sitting in a bar called the Grenadier. I, I don't know. It's not the Grenadier. It's a Quartermaster what part. If, what if it was the Puss in Boots, right? Would you call it the Puss in Boots or whatever? Those British pubs have all kinds of weird names. All right, Ooh. well, we surprise off-roader of the year. That's going to be either the, the Grenadier uh, or the Quartermaster are going to be the surprise off-roaders that will you know, capture and delight people in 2024. If they can actually manage to get the damn vehicles here, then yeah, I think it'll be pretty damn impressive. Well, right now they're not surprising or delighting people with their- uh, Recall. Recall. With their yeah. recall of like 700 vehicles and with their, apparently it's got some issues with the with the little uh, uh, display that shows you what the speed limit is. Uh -huh. So apparently it shows you the speed limit and then it starts dinging every time- You go over it? You'll go over it. Oh God, that's not gonna work here. And, and, and you have to go like 10 different menus into it uh, to disengage it, and then once you start up again, it does it again. It goes, yeah, yeah, and that, that seems like that seems just like that a recipe no good. for people crossing that off their list. I would stab it. So first, uh, Tommy drove it in England. Yeah, right. The Quartermaster pickup truck, which almost looks like a Defender pickup. It's awesome. Or like a little G class G wagon pickup. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. Yeah. But they're probably going to be hit by the chicken tax Absolutely. because it's built in France. Yes. Uh, 
It's going to be expensive. It's going to be over $100,000. But it looks cool, and yeah. it has capability. Yes and yes. So maybe it'll surprise people. Maybe they'll sort out the gremlins. Uh, we'll find out. You know, it'll be expensive. We know that for sure. All right. I have, I got, I have oh, another... I got another prediction. We'll get that I'm not done yet. Then we'll get to yours. I, got, I saved we the best for last. Him, he's got to... He, let him go, Andre. Okay, I'm, I'm, this is your show. This is I'm his just, show. I'm just, just a guest. Yeah, I, I, I think it's... Just let him... I think this prediction is pretty obvious, but there's a second part to it that isn't so obvious. Okay. Uh, obviously, we think that uh, Toyota will unveil a new Forerunner, right? The Forerunner follows the Tacoma. Yes. Uh, so that prediction, I think, is you know pretty safe. Pretty safe. But the one that isn't safe is that th from that there'll be a new FJ. Yes. Baby FJ. Right. Baby FJ. So if you look at some of the media that Toyota's produced. Recently, when they introduced their new Land Cruiser, there were other little uh, silhouettes yes, out there, there right? Yes, there were, yes. And there was a smaller vehicle that was about the size of, like, a, like maybe the Jeep Renegade, former Jeep Renegade, um, or something that... will be electric. Or maybe a little bit bigger, possibly. Hmm. So this is something we've been seeing. I know you guys have been hearing about it from other channels, but the real thing is... Are they going to introduce it? Is it going to be actually the Forerunner, or is the Forerunner going to be something separate, which I think it will be? Um, that is something, you know, TBD. But we're pretty sure, at the very least, that the Forerunner, something like that, will be announced soon. And before we get to yours, the very last one, uh, this is an electric one, is the EV9 uh, and the Ionic 7 uh, will be uh, uh, the surprise hits uh, of the three-row passenger class and will be as popular as... The preceding ones, which is the Telluride and the, I can't think of the other one. The now. Palisade. Palisade, yeah. They'll yeah. be as popular as those because Hyundai and Kia are just killing it. Now, Tommy, yeah. young Tommy, got a chance to drive the EV9, right? I don't think so. I don't think we've driven it yet. I think we're going to go drive it next month. We haven't driven it? In huh. January. We're okay. going to go drive it in January. Uh, but, but, but they're reaching market like as we speak. Yeah. They're uh, reaching. Which figures. Um, yes. And both those vehicles are packaged remarkably well. So what we're expecting is really good sales. Uh, it's a question really of what the price is and whether or not you guys are willing to pay for it. But there aren't that many vehicles out there that are currently all electric that have third, three row, proper three-row seating. All right. But I think their style is killer. Yeah, their style. I have a question that. before I have my surprise. Go for it. Um, is Toyota doing too much? Let me explain my question. Right. So they recently unveiled the, the 2025 Camry. Yep. Uh, they're in the midst of delivering the Tacoma, which we haven't seen yet because the EPA hasn't certified it yet. Yes. Right? They have announced the Land Cruiser. Yep. Now the GX, of well, course, well, is coming online. We had online. the Tacoma here, so let's not confuse people. We had a pre-production unit here yes. that we tested. But yes, it but it's not a dealer's guy. Right, yeah. right. Okay, so they're working on that. Uh, they're announcing, of course, they announced the Land Cruiser, like I said. They could introduce, which we all agree, the Forerunner in April or May in spring. But are they confusing people? Is there too much new product? No, so you can never no? have too much new product, which is why Stellantis is screwing themselves, and which is why Toyota is leading the charge. Yeah, Toyota's Toyota, going to have a banner year. Yeah, Toyota is just not. I think it yeah, out of the I park. think they're going to knock it out. And of this the is why the Korean companies are doing really well as well because they're bringing in new products constantly. That's how you work. Even if you have to push it off a little bit, you're still able to fill in certain gaps, which is exactly and what Toyota is doing. This is why Tesla may be in trouble because they have a new product. For four years now? Yeah, and I'm not years? considering the Cybertruck a new product because it was announced, what, four years ago? So okay. it's not really a new product. So they need, they need like, you know, they need not, more. not more, they don't need more GTRs. <laughs> it's 
I, in other words, Cybertruck. And that's, and that's where Nissan is also in a bit of trouble, too. Yes, I agree. Yeah, Nissan, Nissan doesn't have enough new yeah. product. Finally, yes. my prediction is that Amazon will be a bigger player in the automotive space than ever before. Oh, that's a good uh, point. Because, because, look at this, Roman. Yep, they just announced uh, it. They announced a Tucson, I'm sorry, Hyundai store where you can configure, it's lead generation, guys, uh, where you can configure your Hyundai on the Amazon site and then talk I'm, to your local I'm calling dealer. red herring on that, Andre. What? I'm calling red herring. The problem is that still goes to the dealer, and so you're welcome to configure it. You're welcome to you know play and make your perfect Tucson, but the dealer can stick still stick a 10K ADM on top of it. And th the weirdest thing is that it's so contrary to what Amazon stands for, right? That all but, of a sudden you've got this car that you're like, oh, I'm going to get myself a new Hyundai. You show up at the dealer, and they're like, ah, saw your configuration. By the way, uh, it's a popular vehicle, so it's going to cost you 10K more. Yeah, I think that... Amazon is big enough and smart enough to find a way around that to make sure that either they well, start doing their own deliveries, why well, not? First of all, don't be scared by the name Amazon here because people said this is the end of dealerships. Uh, it's not because Costco has been selling cars yeah. for decades now. Uh, and it's not a dealership, it's a lead generation place where yes, you, can exactly. find, you can find a deal, you can find a vehicle using that store. And I think... I think more manufacturers will start doing this. Well, here's, I can say, once again, the problem is if you're going to Amazon, you're expecting to get the best price possible. Right? Yeah. That, why else would you go there? And maybe you're expecting even a Tesla-like experience or a Rivian-like experience where you go and you configure the vehicle. And the price is done, and right? the price is done. And then, you know, the manufacturer calls you up and says, come pick it up or we'll deliver it to your house, whatever it is. But you're still going to have to go to the dealership and you're still going to have to deal with the sales manager and you're still going to have to deal with the business manager. Uh, and I, I think that's where it's all going to hit the rocks. I, I'm guessing, unless Amazon has some kind of special that's, deal worked see, out. That's the, what I think. But yeah. can they get around the dealer laws? I, don't, I think they might be able to. So They're big enough to do so. Here's what happened to my wife and I in oh. 2015 yes. when we bought the Outback, right? Uh, we actually printed out a little piece just off the uh, internet browser on our computer, right. which had uh, the Outback shoe on it with a price based on the Costco whatever search, right? And actually, we walked into the dealer and we handed the paper to the salesman. We said, we want this price. It was a different time. This was pre-COVID. Yes. There's a different things going on. And he looked at it and he ground his teeth and he said, yes. Hey, so can I do one first rant for... Wait, for, no, no, this, we've been ranting quite a bit. Yeah, uh, let him rant. Okay. Okay, my first rant for 2024 is uh, what's up with new car names and old car names? How, how come manufacturers pick car names that we can't spell, pronounce? Or remember? Or remember. I'm talking to you, Portia. Uh, I still don't get Taycan. Is it Taycan? Is it Taycan? Well, is it Macan? Is it Macan? It's okay. What's, what's the new name of the uh, Nissan electric vehicle? Aria. You know how to even spell I couldn't spell it. A-I-Y-R-A? Yeah. I, I was listening to another right. podcast that I love, and the host mispronounced it. This is a person in the car biz. A-R-A-E. <laughs> but I, I still so have a problem with Lamborghini Girls. Uh, how about Revuelto? Revuelto. He's got this, like, you know, they have a tradition of naming their cars after bulls. Yes. So I get the Revuelto. But still, it's, it's pretty hard for us to get our tongues around Revuelto. Yeah, it's Italian. Yes. Yeah. So I appreciate when it's actually a word, as like opposed to an escalate. An escalate is a is a word. Yeah, BZ Forex, another one. You know, what's terrible. Camry, Corolla. Accord. Those are names. These are like easy to remember, easy to spell names. Are right? they running out of names? 
No, there's plenty of names out there. They're running out of people that they hire fresh out of college who say they have a better idea. BZ4X. Yeah, I want to be in the meeting when they decided that the car should be called BZ4X with lowercase b, uppercase z. Is it uppercase? Something like that. I, I, and four. Then why won't you have like, like at least, you know, stick with one if you're like Lincoln, an MK, you know, versus a Nautilus versus a Navigator. Just stick with the real name. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think names are better. Uh, alphanumeric isn't How about for this? everyone. Mercedes AMG. EQE. Oh God, here we go. SUV. SUV. <laughs> dash Maybach. Did you hit a, a, or AMG? Yes. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it's remarkably difficult to figure all, out. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for. By thanks way, for a lot. This is for a happy New Year, guys. It's one of the reasons yeah. we're doing this. We hope you guys have a wonderful and safe Happy New Year. Uh, we will be seeing you next year, where Roman is still wrong on these arguments, and we're right. And, and we'll, what we'll do next year, Nathan, we'll come back and we'll. See if yeah, predictions. actually, that's a really yeah. good idea. So, so in one year, we're going to save this. We're not going to yeah, recycle I'm, I'm gonna this I'm going to put one. it in my drawer, and we'll bring it back out next year. All right, guys, thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us, and we shall see you uh, next time. Ciao. See ya. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.